Jericho, welcome recording. back to the show. Thank you so much, Dave. Good to be back again. You're now uh, a developer advocate working in the cloud. Let's talk a little bit about baselining the tech for folks listening around the command line. And to me, that is what is your everyday driver, you know, uh, whether it's some type of Linux distribution, it's yep. Bash shell. Uh, I forget what did Mac terminal. I know Mac moved away from Bash. Maybe it's something Z with shell. the Z shell, Z shell now. Shell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So always reminds me of Z modem. Z modem yeah. no, uh, but, uh, I, and I, you know, whether I, even the Git tool, like I've done stuff with the Ming 64, you know, sub kernel yep. that's in there. So how does that look? How do you get that stuff set up? What does AWS tooling kind of fit into that? So, so my job being a developer advocate, right? My job is to yell into the void of the camera for a living, make PowerPoints, and just you know do stuff for people like that. Um, I have a I have two parts of my job. One is actually dealing with your emails, dealing with um, PowerPoint, and sometimes some document writing. So this is where I actually need your your run of the mill MacBook with some Word and PowerPoint and Outlook, all of that stuff. But when I can do some development, when I can do some uh, something that I write code, some building out some CDK, building out some something else. I switch back to my desktop, which is running Linux, and I or I run Arch, by the way. <laughs> of course, it's uh, I, I'm a fan of Arch Linux because well, it, it's just something I'm used to. But it's I like my Linux to be as minimal as possible. I want it to get out of my way, uh, but I also want it to do th- stuff for me. So uh, I like the command line. So I will be spending most of my work in the command line, just have a terminal open or a bunch of them open and just do stuff there. I use Z shell. Um, I'm not saying it's better than bash. It's just something I'm used to again, a uh, fan of Z shell. Um, if you would ask me what my top tools are, it's my terminal, terminal, whatever that be. It's my Z shell and it's my Vim. So uh, that would be my, 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 my tools of choice before getting to the cloud. Once you get to the cloud, this is where I need a couple of things. I need your AWS CLI, the wonderful command line tool for I can work, interact, play with, build, destroy some AWS resources. But better than that, I also use the AWS CDK or cl- uh, Cloud Development Kit. It's uh, it's a wonderful way to define your infrastructure as code through any of your favorite programming languages, be that JavaScript, um, Python, .NET, uh, Java, or there's something more. I think Golang. Uh, so, uh, I, but I'm a fan of Python, so I do all of my AWS building through CDK. It actually went so far. <laughs> I had to do a demo a long time ago, and I forgot how to create an auto scaling group through the console. I don't. I don't remember. I, I'm like I've done it so much through the CDK or through CloudFormation that I really don't. I don't recall how do you do it through through um, through the console. So, big fan of that. I've actually spent this was a this was an experiment on my side. Can I do a week without any graphical user interfaces? So it was a couple of years ago. Um, I had a I had a Windows laptop from Amazon, so that means I could install Linux on it. Okay. So what I did is I, I installed Linux. I, I completely switched into exclusively command line, so no X windowing system, nothing, and um, I used. The command line. I used Vim. I used MUT. So for people who are younger, MUT is a command line or a text-based email client, which you can just do all my emails through that. I switched to doing 
well, not PowerPoint. I switched to doing presentations in a command line. There's a way to do it. It's a wonderful tool. I'll, I'll share that link uh, later on, I guess, in the description. Uh, but I did all of those things to an extent, right? I could not edit Word documents. I could not um, collaborate with people a lot. So I, I had I was in my own little island. Uh, but it was it was very interesting. I could I could watch YouTube through the command line. I could listen to music through the command line. So it was a it was a very Interesting, interesting experiment. It's not something I would recommend to people, but it's a it's a fun thing to do. And I've never heard of Arch Linux. Is it like no GUI? Like why would no, you well, choose that over Ubuntu or something like that? So Arch Linux comes pretty bare bones as it is, right? It literally comes with nothing installed. Once you, it, it's a it's a pretty manual installation of it. Um, it's basically you are just bootstrapping a disk with it, and and that's it. It, it comes with the packages you choose literally manually. So why did I choose Arch? Um, I mentioned this in the beginning. I like to control things I have. So Arch kind of gives me this level of control. Like, oh, I'm, I know that Arch is not going to install specific things on my system that I do not want. So, <laughs> And it's, it's kind of this weird thing where I'm like, when I install Arch Linux for the first time and I run it, it uses like 100 megabytes of RAM. It's, 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 it's silly. It's not anything that you should gloat about, but it's a, I kind of find find happiness <laughs> in limited systems yeah. in, in like like oh yeah this the system runs exactly the packages i wanted to do and of course i could go further i can go to your uh, gentoos where i compile everything myself i can go to linux from scratch where i build anything from scratch but i don't have that much time so uh i think i think arch is a perfect sweet spot for me and again nothing against ubuntu nothing against fedora not, nothing against any of those systems it's just um it's just the way I find it good. And, and you know, there's a lot of Linux elitism out there who think, oh, well, if you're not running Arch, you're probably a noob. No. <laughs> I find this good for me, and I think everybody should use the operating system that suits their needs the best. I love that. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Doesn't everyone use Amazon Linux too? <laughs> like if, if I could, well, th there's a technical way you can use Amazon Linux at home. There's a there's a hacky way to do it. I don't think I think it's against our terms of service, but right. uh, you can technically you can technically export Amazon Linux to a virtual machine outside. So, oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah. So, all right. So you mentioned a couple things there, and a lot of that is you know infrastructure as code and looking at that stuff from the command right. line. And we've had a bunch of guests come on and talk about CDK. I don't think we've had any cloud formation specifically, but we will uh, have some of those folks coming on as well. I'm a developer. I'm listening to this right now. Maybe I've just installed like the AWS CLI. Where do you take me? Like we're at a hackathon. You're, you're hosting an event. We're walking through maybe some hands-on labs. I know just from watching your video, I've learned all sorts of neat little where they're, you know, they're symbolic links or they're little tricks and like Ruby packages I can pull down. What are some of that stuff in your, in your toolbox now to get set up? Are you talking about CDK specifically or just CLI? anything? Yeah. Yeah. To anything. be productive as a developer. So now I've moved right. past someone who just installed the AWS CLI to someone who's being super productive and coding uh, inside of. The, yeah. the command line. Well, so 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 one of the one of the things I always advise anybody who's who's heavily into the command line, be that if you're using it on Windows, if you're using it on Mac or or Linux, um, adopt some of the features of the command line, and those features are are sometimes overlooked, but but heavily powerful uh, yeah. aliases, 
So command aliases. One of the things that we spend a lot of time doing on the command line is typing commands. So uh, if I would repeat a command a hundred times, like a long string of commands or, or parameters I use, why not just create an alias? An alias is a way of shortening a command within your shell, your Z shell or your bash or whatever you're using, um, making it something short. A typical example I do, when I go on a presentation, right? So I go to a presentation, I want to show people how I launch something. And it's not important how I launch it, it's important that I launch it. So what I do, instead of typing out a long AWS CloudFormation create stack command, I create a little alias that says, let's go. I type that and the let's go command basically runs all of that stuff for me. Makes my life simpler, <laughs> makes me not have mistakes in commands, um, but also, also kind of just speeds up some of my work. And now, again, you should not do this for every command you type, but something you're doing often, something that's potentially long and complicated, aliases help you a lot. Um, another thing, write your own tools. <laughs> now, I'm not saying all the tools, but think of think of the things you're using often. Think of the things that you can kind of speed up um, on your day-to-day -day work, right? So, for example, I'm a fan of an of a online radio station that plays like chiptune music, and it's a it's a it's somewhere on a website, but it's actually a, there's a URL I can just get the the, the MP3 of. Uh, I have a command that will use the command line player and just use that URL as as a thing. So when I jump on my Linux server, I open up a terminal and run a simple single word command it will play music for me immediately i know that that's i just created a little fun. little command that does it for me right it's not even an alias it's a, it's a literally a little shell script that will done all done those done, do those things for me i have a i have a, this weird shell script i created called rain i like me some ambient noise so what i do i just type rain and all of a sudden my computer starts producing rain sounds. this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> it, <laughs> it's one of those things um youtube yeah. A lot of us listen to music from YouTube. I have a little script that's called YT. Run the script. Love it. YT in a search term, it will find the first item in that search term and play the audio from it. So I just can quickly play a YouTube video as, as audio only yeah. video uh, in my command line. So uh, those are some of the little things I kind of created that will get things out of my way so I can focus on working and building stuff. Yeah. A question. You used to be a sysadmin. You're very comfortable yeah. in the command line. I find that um, common in people with a sysadmin background. Why is scripting not seen somehow as coding when really I would argue it's the same, it's the same thing, just different language. It is absolutely the same thing. And, yeah. and this was weird because like when I was, when I was younger, when I was a, a young system administrator, people would tell me, oh, you're not a programmer. You're just a scripter or whatever you call it. it, it you should have been like, excuse weird... me, I'm yeah, a slaughterer. I'm a slaughterer. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's, I, I think that it's, it's a misconception. I think it's just, <laughs> I think it's a, it's a, it's a bad, bad way to approach this. Both of those people are writing code. One is a yeah. scripting language, but to be honest, what is not a scripting language these days? What is not interpreted these days? Unless you're doing some Java or C or C++ or Golang or Ruby, or, or not Ruby, Rust, uh, a bunch of other languages, but everything is everything is being written in kind of a similar way, right? So, um, you know, I'm not, I'm, I cannot call myself a developer. And the sole reason I cannot call myself a developer is I've never written production code for money. That's the thing. I, that's the that's the that's the line I draw. But I do consider myself a coder or a developer in in the sense I've written code that that I used either myself personally or as tools by somebody else. 
but um but i fully agree with you emily it's 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 not it should not be differentiated a scripting and coding is the same thing i, I think in, in the modern world it is and for the record i would i would call you a developer i don't think you have to great okay. production code for money <laughs> if that's the yeah, line that's you're just, drawing <laughs> i don't like it's it. just okay. considered employed <laughs> yes yeah, <okay. laughs> which is always a good thing coder. <laughs> that, that's true that's true but but i think like you know any 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 text you write into a computer that will produce something at the other end is development yeah. be that python be that javascript be that 6502 assembly language be that html it's yeah. all programming it's all converting text into something at the other end um that will serve a purpose be that yeah. showing a web page or or computing the the fibonacci sequence or whatever <laughs> which that's another thing with like because when i was learning to code I, you see the fibonacci sequence everywhere i was like surely we have better examples than this. <laughs> <laughs> like, why <laughs> why is it this <laughs> It's, it, it. it's the fizz buzz. It's the fizz buzz, right? It's so. the fizz buzz. Yes, that was another one that was like, but what is it? What's the fizz and what's the buzz? I don't understand. Um, when when yeah. doing coding, this is the first time I've actually, um, you know, like when I was young, I was like, oh, I don't need math in my life. I yeah. have a calculator. But actually, when you're doing coding, it, it becomes fun. You actually have to know some math to, to, to help you do it. So like doing stuff like Fibonacci sequences or calculating prime numbers is also a fun exercise if anybody wants to do it and just kind of... Uh, and it, it also shows you the efficiency of some programming languages. Yes. Like I can do my... I can do my a one first 1000 prime numbers in C much faster than I could do it in Python <laughs> just because Python is not uh, unless you unless you make Python really good at it but um, Python but gives it to you with a smile and C does exactly. not deliver <laughs> so <laughs> Python welcomes you C yeah, is like exactly C's like C is I hate amazing. you here go away okay there's your numbers be gone here's some garbage for you to collect exactly so, yeah. <laughs> in fact while we're on garbage you better sort you know, because <laughs> uh, Dave's going to have to bleep that. My bad. Um, <laughs> I had a question. You're, you're surely uh, opinionated about infrastructure. How do you sort of approach um, infrastructure as code within AWS? Like we've, we've talked about CDK. We've talked about command line. We haven't really talked about CloudFormation, I don't think yet. But yeah. what are your sort of opinions and approaches to that? So infrastructure has moved from something that... Um, that used to be separate from the applications, right? When I was a young system admin lad, um, I used to build infrastructure. I used to com configure servers, set up networking, all of those things. And that was a job for your system administrator. Now in the world of the cloud, everything's an API call and everything is application. Everything is a, is a, is a, is a piece of software. So it, I think provisioning infrastructure, configuring infrastructure, using infrastructure is basically part of your application now more than it was ever been so when you deploy an application you deploy infrastructure alongside with it i i, I think it's a it's not no longer a thing that you deploy an application to infrastructure you deploy it all together in a single little package hence your wonderful terraform cdks cloud formation pulumis all of those things <laughs> exist to help you do that so um it's really nice that we as an industry got together and thought you know we should really create one way for everyone to approach this. Um, yeah. And so then we created 500 different products to do the same thing. Yeah. Really quick. I'll, I'll give you an, give an example how, how this has changed in the last 10 years. Yeah. 10 years ago, I used to work for a nondescript 
big telecom company. And I used to deploy servers. My job was something called a server provisioning administrator. So my job oh, was wow. literally to deploy servers to a remote location, install operating systems on them. So what happens? Somebody would rack 500 servers in Fairbanks, Alaska. I would remote into them through your favorite Java-based uh, remote administration interface, uh -huh. mount a Linux Red Hat uh, ISO, and install the operating system. And I had to do that 500 times. Oh, wow. Yeah. It would take me literally six months to finish. Oh, my God. And today, to deploy 500 EC2 instances on AWS, if I have the correct template, it takes me seven seconds, right? Literally, I can just run a single command. It will just go yeah. and whoosh, deploy all of that stuff. And if I'm not happy with it, whoosh, all goes away. So it has made my life as a, as a system administrator much easier and also gives you the chance to for the developers out there to experiment, to try things. It's no longer you have to bother your local friendly system administrator to provision your server and then hate you for it. Uh, you can just do it yourself. Yes. Click a button, launch a script, wabam, you have things to do. This is why I keep um, fighting for us to move away from the concept of personas or the concept of job titles like developer and operations and yeah. security engineer and into roles because like yeah. you're saying it's all one package you all ship it at the same time and in within an hour and certainly within a day you're going to play various roles um yes. while completing your work so i think it's a better exactly. reflection yeah and i do think there's specializations right somebody's Definitely. better in this and that that's that's perfectly fine yes. but ultimately you remove barriers from it like when we talk devops devops is supposed to eliminate these barriers and i worked in a in a completely non-devops type environment we used to hate the developers yeah. because they were always asking something yeah and and that's horrible but in this modern world you are the developer if i can call myself a developer to an extent because if i would look from the infrastructure perspective i deploy infrastructure through code yeah hence i write code hence <laughs> i made something so there you go i i, I fixed my own problem amazing so yeah what are you excited about like what what in tech are you outside of your commodores and your your retro computing your commodores <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking forward to i am excited one of the things that uh, that really um energizes me as a, as a, whatever you would like to call me, uh, is the availability of technology is, I would say yes. accessibility of technology. Yeah. So insane amounts of compute memory storage is now available to everybody. Like you don't have to have an upfront investment of millions of dollars to try to do something. You can literally try to do something mm -hmm. in seven minutes and if it doesn't work, it's gone. So giving this great access to all the technology out there to people is something that really excites me. And I think um, that is something that, that, that will move technology forward because you have so much smart people out there, Yeah, uh, you know, coming from, again, coming from the parts of the world I come from, coming from, you know, your Asia's and Africa's and South America's people who potentially did not have the, the chance to shine in technology yes. just because they did not have their Commodore 64s. Yes. They did not have their storage units. And now, with a little bit of money, yeah, they can do all of that. Um, and and you know, if you know your favorite local developer advocate, <laughs> you can also ask for credits, and we can help you with that thing. But in general, I think the cloud, and not just AWS, mm -hmm. the cloud has helped people just get access to those things. Yes, it's, it's it's no longer a matter of like no companies can compete against each other based on the infrastructure they have, mm -hmm. right? 
company A has a bigger server than company B. That doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. It's 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 a level playing field for that. Now it just comes to your creativity, your your capabilities and what you can do and how you can do it. It's amazing. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I'm on the Twitters. So at Darko Subatica, I think somebody is going to post it here. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on GitHub. You can find me on, I have a blog post that I write to once in a while. So if you want some cloud tidbits, some. Yeah, I saw you had, uh, you're talking about Vim plugins and some other goodness up there. there, There's a bunch of things on my blog, so you can check it out. Uh, again, the link, I guess is going to be in the description. Yeah, I'll include it in there Um, and your YouTube channel. And my YouTube channel, I did some YouTubing. I used to do live streaming. So yeah. Can you get the Twitch shows that you've done up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all available, available uh, on my, on my YouTube channel. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show.